listen to this track. Yeah, the way you move it, yeah. you got me yeah. in a trance. Yeah. DJ, yeah. tell me, yeah, yeah. ladies, this your jam. I'm a super scout, you don't want to pay. And I'ma throw this money while you do it with no Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome into yet another episode of KALA HD2 106.1's Schistel Speaks Sports. I am Ryan Schistel. Today is October 20th, and it was yet another beautiful day around the campus of St. Ambrose University and the Quad Cities area. Definitely a little bit different in weather today compared to the, the earlier days of the week, as today was really the first day that it was time to break out the shorts again for students as as the past couple of days have been extremely cold in the low to mid-20s. Today, we hit the 50s, high 60s, and even this weekend, we're supposed to hit the 70s once again in weather. So, a beautiful day around the Quad Cities. In this evening's episode, there is quite a bit to unpack. It's been a very busy week for St. Ambrose Sporting. So, let's jump right into the action And a sport that I have not talked about once yet this year due to it being the fall sports season is St. Ambrose baseball. But today, St. Ambrose played a fall ball matchup against another local Davenport school in Blackhawk College. That game actually just wrapped up a few minutes ago. Got the alert from St. Ambrose baseball's Twitter account. So let's take a look at the players of the game and the final score. The players of the game for the Bees were rewarded to three different players. Mike Pauza went two for three, He was and he was on base four times. He also picked up an RBI in today's game against Blackhawk. Then the name that, that many Bees fans knew last year when it came to the baseball team, Nate Villagomez went two for three, and he also picked up an RBI in the game. Then it was Chris McFarland who was, a, who was rewarded with the third player of the game status. McFarland went 3-for-5 hitting, and he had the game-winning walk-off RBI in the bottom of the ninth. St. Ambrose beat Blackhawk College by a score of 7-6. to Blackhawk led the Bees in hitting. Blackhawk had 11 hits, the Bees had 9, and both teams had one error. The Bees scored two runs in the first inning, a run in the fourth, three runs in the fifth, and then their walk-off hit in the bottom of the ninth. So a nice job there by the Bees to beat Blackhawk in the local team's matchup. And it's only fall ball, but it's nice to kind of see where the Bees stand against different opponents in the area at least. I know the team is always doing inter-squad matchups, whether it be the Navy team versus Gray or... You know, baby blue versus gray, baby blue versus navy, whatever the teams are, it's always nice to see that the baseball team is already getting in action before the winter months come and it's too cold to be outside where they'll have to head in the dome where they can't really scrimmage each other. So now that we've gotten baseball out of the way, let's take a look at some of the normal sports that you would be hearing on the episodes of Schistel Speak Sports, starting with men's soccer. Men's soccer has their woes continue as they are now 4-8-2 and two overall. And then they have three wins, five losses, and two ties in the conference. Most recently, the Bees 
came off of a 4-1 loss against Cardinal Stritch in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And in that game, Cardinal Stritch scored all four of their goals in the first 36 minutes of play. So they got out to the early lead. And then the only goal for the Bees was scored by Trent Fitzpatrick, and that didn't come until the 85th minute. So yes, the Bees may hit the scoreboard, but it's definitely not enough to win this game. And, I mean, this Bees team is, they've struggled all year, and their struggles continue. They're on a two-game losing streak now. And in this game, they only took five total shots in the game. And yes, they put four of those shots on goal, but you have to take more than five shots if you want a chance to really win a game, especially when you find yourselves down four to nothing early on. So it's just one of those games that the Bees let slip out of hand. They had to pull Zach Bauer from goal at halftime and put in the backup Kai Damagala, who is a German-born goalie. Um, you know, I, I know Kai quite well. He is kind of a friend of mine, so I know that he works hard, and he only had to face one shot on goal in the whole half, and he made the save, but I don't know. I mean, this team is just, they've struggled so far. They, I mean, they struggled right out of the gates this year, and it just, it's kind of been hard to see how bad they've been struggling because they've been in a few games where it looks like they have a really good chance to win, and then they just kind of drop the ball on themselves. So if they can pick it up in their next couple of games and close out the season at least on a winning streak, I think that'd be a high point for them. But, I mean, I feel like the season had slipped away from them pretty early on, and they kind of kissed their hopes at, you know, playing for a national championship. They kissed those goodbye kind of a while back, and it is unfortunate. I mean, the best they can do now is win out in their final two games and finish with a 5-5-2 and conference record and then a 6-8-2 and overall record. So, you know, hopefully they can at least get to 500 in the conference, but they're going to eventually end with a below 500 overall score, uh, record. So, not great, but, you know, let's see if they can improve on these next two games. Coming up, the Bees will play at Trinity International at Shartner Field in Deerfield, Illinois. Again, that's against Trinity International um, this upcoming Saturday, October 22nd. That game will kick off at 2.30 p.m., and this is a game that it's going to be hard for the Bees, but if they can pull it out, I think they set themselves up in a rather nice spot to finish off the season next Tuesday, and this game will be at home, and the Bees will be playing Governor State at 7 o'clock p.m. at the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex, just a few blocks up the road from the main campus of St. Ambrose. So two games left. Bees definitely looking to just improve their record the best they can and finish off this season on as much of a high note as they can. Now, when we look at women's soccer, it almost feels like it's the complete opposite of the men's team. The women's soccer team has an overall record of eight wins, three losses, and three ties for a win percentage of 67.9, and then a conference record of seven wins, one loss, and two ties for an 80% conference win percentage. Most recently, the Bees also lost to Cardinal Stretch this past Tuesday. Again, that game was, like the men's, played in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And this game was closer. It was 3-2 to two as your final score. The Bees scored two goals in the first half and none in the second. Colonel Stritch scored one in the first and two in the second. 
So Caitlin Brunson got scoring going in the 18th minute for the Bees, and she nodded the game up at one apiece. And then it was Mary Evans in the 37th minute who got a nice shot off by an assist from Abigail Goff in the 37th minute that gave the Bees that 2-1 to lead. But then just two Cardinals stretch players put in those two second-half goals, and that's eventually what was the Bees' downfall. That's that... Last goal that Cardinal Stretch scored that won them the game didn't come until the last 10 minutes of action. So, you know, it it stinks that the Bees lose this game when it was close to at least being a draw. But it's, you know, it's soccer, and that's what's going to happen. Rachel Willette was in goal for the Bees like normal. She faced 11 shots on goal, and she saved eight of them. So, once again, a very good effort put forth by her, and that's why she's earned CCAC Player of the Week multiple times throughout this year. And, you know, other Bees have even gotten um, have gotten awards throughout this season for being, you know, the best striker, the best defender, whatever it may be for women's soccer. And it's definitely a team that deserves it. And, I mean, when you look at it, the team lost on October 18th that's their first loss since August 28th. So the Bees are still in a really good spot here, especially considering that is their first conference loss. So they're still ranked pretty high in the conference standings, and I still think that they have a really good shot to win conference, maybe even make a national tournament appearance. It just comes down to how they finish out their season. Now, the men's team has two games left on their schedule. The women's team has four like the men's team, the Bees will take on Trinity International in Deerfield this Saturday. But this game for the women's will start at noon. So the women's team will play at noon on Shartner Field. And then the men's team will start up right after that at 2.30. And again, this is a game that the Bees could definitely win. It's just a matter of who wants it more. After that, the Bees will face off against Governor State at home on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. So that would be October 26th, and that game will kick off at 6 o'clock p.m. for the Bees at the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex. Then the Bees close out their season with a two-game road streak. On October 29th, which is two Saturdays from now, the Bees will face Bellevue in Bellevue, Nebraska at 2 o'clock p.m., and then they will face off against Calumet in East Chicago on November 1st, so a couple Tuesdays from now at 5 o'clock p.m. Um, I have a lot of high hopes for the Bees to close out these last four games. I think that if they can win all four, they put themselves in the top spot to really be a serious threat for any team that they would face in a conference tournament or in the national tournament if they can get there. So, you know, this Bees women's team definitely has a lot more signs of life than the men's team, who kind of seems like, unfortunately, they are slightly dead in the water. But, you know, it's it's just going to happen. Um, and I think that soccer is still going to have a pretty bright future here in St. Ambrose, whether it's this year and or the upcoming years. So to close out the first half of the show, let's talk men's golf. Last time we talked, the men's golf team had competed in the Bill Johnson Fall Invitational in Kankakee. Since then, they have competed in the NAIA Midwest Invitational at TPC Deer Run in Silvis, Illinois, and the Central College Fall Classic. So first, let's take a look at the NAIA 
Midwest Invitational that this men's team competed in. In that, the Bees came in 8th place out of 18 teams to compete, shooting 65 over par, which was 40 shots behind the champion, Mount Mercy, who was 25 over. For the Bees, the best golfer was Owen Holtman, who tied for 10th, shooting 9 over par. The best golfer in the tournament was Johan Wigertz, who came out of Mount Mercy. He was the only player to shoot under par at 4 under, so a great job by that golfer out of Mount Mercy. But if we're looking strictly at the Bees, it still was a pretty good tournament that they played in. They had three teams, St. Ambrose, St. Ambrose B, and St. Ambrose C. For St. Ambrose, they came in 8th place, like I said. Owen Holtman tied for 10th at 9 over. Hunter Metal tied for 28th at 17 over. Dylan McAleer tied for 37th at 20 over. And then Jared Tigges was also tied with with McAleer, with McAleer pardon me, at 37 over or I'm sorry, at 20 over and tied for 37th. And then Mark Schomer wrapped it up for the St. Ambrose team, shooting 24 over and tying for 54th. St. Ambrose B came in 13th place, shooting 90 over. Their best golfer was Jacob Rude, who shot 20 over and tied for 37th, like McAleer and Tigges. And then St. Ambrose C came in 18th place, so last place, shooting 156 over, their best golfer was Luke Haight, who tied for 78th at 37 over par. So that's not bad in the NAIA Invitational. And then if we want to take a look at the Central Fall Classic that was played in Iowa City, the Bees came in 2nd place, and then they also came in ninth place out of the 13 teams who competed. St. Ambrose quote-unquote A-team, Finished with 48 over par, or 18 shots behind the champion in Nebraska Wesleyan. And then St. Ambrose B came in ninth place, shooting 74 over par. And that one, the best golfer for the Bees was once again Owen Holtman, who tied for third at 10 over par, 8 strokes behind the leader. The best golfer for St. Ambrose B was Drew Eden, who tied for 20th at 15 over. Outside of those two golfers for the B's two teams, Hunter Metal tied for 8th at 12 over, McAleer tied for 14th at 14 over, Tigges tied for 20th at 15 over, and Schomer tied for 36th at 21 over. So it's not bad that how the B's have been golfing. It'd be nice to see them win one more before they finish out their fall season in which they have... One more tournament left to play, and it's coming up here pretty soon. In just 10 days, the Bees will start out in the NAIA Fall Preview at the Las Sendas Golf Club in Mesa, Arizona. That will run from the 30th all the way to November 1st, so a three-day golf tournament that the Bees have a good chance of really closing out their season, in the fall at least, for on a very high note. So that's it for the first half of the show here. This is Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1. I'm Ryan Schistel. We're going to have a short two to three minute commercial break. And when we return, we will be talking women's golf, 
football, and then women's volleyball. Don't go anywhere because this is the place to be on your Thursday evening. Again, you're listening to Schistel Speak Sports on KALA. Imagine you're in a large white room in the midst of a party. You look around and see everyone is wearing the same dull styles of clothes. You notice that they're all eating the same foods and drinking the same drinks. In fact, everyone pretty much looks the same and talks in the same way about the same things. The sameness of everyone overwhelms you and you walk out in search of a livelier party. But every place you go is the same. Our lives can be a colorful celebration by appreciating the diversity of others. We're all diverse, whether it's in our race, religion, or physical challenges. Diversity is you and me. Celebrate diversity in our community. A message from the Quad Cities Mayor's Media Roundtable. Hi, this is Coolio. I have it, you have it, we all have it. It's called blood. And every three seconds, someone needs blood. Each year, four million people need blood transfusions. You can help by becoming a blood donor. It's fast, simple, and safe. One donation from you can save up to three lives. Be a lifesaver. Call 1-866-FROM-YOU. That's 1-866-376-6968. Toll free to find out where you can donate and save a life today. In the early hours after the tsunamis, it was ham radio that was on the air saving lives. Supplies are en route. Food is coming up in the convoy uh, about a mile and a half back. Roads are somewhat passable. When Florida was ripped by hurricanes, the hams were there. Okay, we'll deploy the communications volunteers as soon as we get to the area. We're about 30 seconds out. In the critical moments after the attack of 9-11, it was the hams who coordinated emergency messages. Copy number one. Message number one from Red Cross Evacuation Shelter. Can you hear us now? Antennas are up. Everything looks good. We are in communications with the Capitol. Ham radio works when other communications don't. To learn how you can become a ham radio operator, call the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, at 1-800-326-3942. The Emergency Communications Center has been set up. We're on the air. Communication is good. Good job, fellas. This is W1AW out. Hey, folks, I'm Gabby the Groundhog, and I just love to dig. But if you're planning to dig in your yard, you gotta know Gabby's ground rules. Call Iowa One Call to have your underground utilities marked first. Coming in contact with any utility lines can cause a major inconvenience, serious injury, or even worse. So phone Iowa One Call, and they'll see to it that your underground utilities get marked. It's the only way to dig safely. Know what's below. Call before you dig. 1-800-292-8989. A public service announcement of Iowa One Call. You boys ever met a real country girl? Talking true blue. Out in the woods. Down home. Party all nighter from South Carolina. A bad mama jammer from down in Alabama. She's a race. 
station for St. Ambrose University Sports, KLA HD2, Davenport, Quad Cities. Welcome back into the studios of KALA on the campus of St. Ambrose University. This is the second half of Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1, and I'm Ryan Schistel. Just like the first half of the show in which I covered men's soccer, women's soccer, and men's golf, the second half of this show is jam-packed with action, so let's start it right back up coming out of the halftime break. Starting off, it's going to be women's soccer since we left off with men's soccer, or I'm sorry, it's women's golf since we wrapped up the first half with men's golf. Recently, the women's golf team has competed in the CCAC Fall Preview Cup and the Deer Run Invitational. First off, in the CCAC Fall Preview, which was at the Cinder Ridge Golf Course in Wilmington, Illinois, the Bees came in second place out of the five teams who competed. The Bees shot a total of 81 over par, which was 12 shots behind the leader, Olivet Nazarene. However, in the individual golfer standings, it was Amara Lytle out of St. Ambrose who came in first place shooting four over par. Outside of Lytle, Catherine Spear came in ninth place shooting 22 over. Kara Williams tied for 13th at 25 over. Elena Mendoza came in 18th shooting 30 over. And Leah Sullivan came in 22nd place shooting 38th over. So a great job by the Bees to come in the top three out of all the team standings. It would have been nicer to see them close that gap a little bit more, but you can never complain with a top three finish. Then in the TPC Deer Run Invitational in Silvis, Illinois, it was the Bees coming in 18th place out of the 20 teams who competed. So not great out of the Bees as they shot 88 over par which was 52 shots behind the champion Cumberlands. Um, So not great, but either way, let's take a look at how it truly finished. The best golfer for the Bees was Amara Lytle, who tied for 22nd at 12 over par. The leader was Olivia Lange, who comes from William Penn University, who shot 4 over. So only 12 shots back Lytle was. Just not enough to find herself in the top spot as we've seen before. Outside of Lytle, who shot, like I said, 12 over and tied for 22nd, Catherine Spear tied for 67th at 20 over. Kara Williams tied for 91st at 27 over. Leah Sullivan came in 93rd at 29 over. And Elena Mendoza finished it off, coming in 100th place at 39 over. So again, Not the greatest performance that the Bees have had this year, but it's definitely not, it's it's not the biggest deal in the world because their season isn't over officially for the school year. They still have a few invites coming up in April. However, it is the end of the fall season, but I still think that this woman's team can get a lot done. Outside of that 18th out of 20 finish, the worst the Bees did was fourth place out of 12, and that was back on September 11th at the Cloak Family Classic in Marion, Iowa. So they had two 
two second-place finishes, a third-place finish, and a fourth-place finish out of the five tournaments that this women's golf team competed in. So I really like the spot that they are leaving themselves off in. And the next time that this women's golf team will be in action will be on April 7th and April 8th at the Upper Iowa Invite at the Sunnyside Country Club in Waterloo, Iowa. So they've definitely got some time to get some practice in in the offseason, maybe hit the indoor simulators, wherever those may be found in the Quad Cities area or over winter break at home. But like I said, I really like where this women's team is leaving off in, and I think that they're going to be fine come the spring. Next up, it's football, and boy, do I have a lot to say about this football team after last week as the team lost to Olivet Nazarene 34-28. to That moves their record to 2-4 and overall and 2-1 and in the conference, but that game against Olivet was kind of painful for me to call just with how the Bees played. The Bees scored seven points in each of the four quarters, and then Olivet scored seven in the first, 13 in the second, 7 in the third, and 7 in the fourth. In the game, Tom Casey went 15 for 27 passing for 180, I'm sorry, 168 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. But really the star of the game was Caden King, who had 34 rushes for 205 yards, which is an average of exactly 6 yards, a long of 58, and a touchdown. Ray Boye also had a touchdown on his five rushes for 35 yards. Yemi Ward had one touchdown, and Ben Gilbert had a touchdown on the two passing throws out of Tom Casey. But this was not the same St. Ambrose team that we have seen in the past couple weeks on KALA after they beat Trinity International and Judson in blowout fashion. This was a team that came out kind of plat, kind of kind of flat, pardon me, right from the get-go, and it just, it looked like they kind of came in and had a feeling of, you know, if we win, cool, but if we lose, you know, we have another week, and in conference play, that is not how you should be acting, especially late in the game, the Bees found themselves down two scores with just a few minutes left to play in the game, they had all three timeouts and the ball, and You know, they were going no huddle, but there was really no sense of urgency. There were offensive linemen, wide receivers, everybody walking to the ball, walking to the line of scrimmage after a play. Um, It seemed like there was kind of a long time taken off the clock, getting some of the play calls in on the coaching end of things. No timeouts were taken. And I understand that you're trying to manage a game in that situation, but I feel like there was just no clock management out of the players or the coaching staff, and it made it... Quite frustrating for David Meyer and myself to call. I know um, other people around campus that were at the game or listening in, watching on the live stream from Athletics. Everybody was just kind of confused. It almost seemed like in those last couple minutes, the Bees were saying, you know what, we're just going to run the clock out. We're going to accept the loss. And that's not the St. Ambrose team that I know Coach Phillip wants. So I'd love to see how they come out this week because – they're 2-1 and one in the conference, and this, I mean, 2-1 and one does not mean they are out of the conference at all. Um, they play St. An- Francis of Illinois this week. It's on the road. Uh, again, that's October 22nd, so this Saturday at 1 o'clock at the Joliet Memorial Stadium in Joliet, Illinois. St. Francis is 4-2 and two overall, 3-0 and oh in the conference. If the Bees can go into Joliet and beat the Fighting Saints, the Bees are right there 
in the race to still win conference. And I truly believe this is a team that, if they put all their effort forth, can win it. Um, Their next three opponents between St. Francis, Roosevelt at home, and St. Xavier are probably going to be the three hardest teams that they play. Roosevelt and St. Xavier are both ranked nationally in the NAIA right now. So this team is going to have to come out with some fire in these next couple of games to really win. And I would love to see them just win, you know. I don't want to see a team that's almost going to roll over to these good opponents and win. Because let's be honest, I'm sorry if you're a Trinity International or a Judson fan, but those two teams were not good. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. Those were teams that St. Ambrose should have blown out, and they did blow them out. But then, you know, you got teams like Waldorf, Concordia, um, Olivet, and those teams are all known to be good teams. Teams that, you know, the Bees may have a hard time beating, and we're losing all of those games. It just, it kind of bothers me that we're not, that we're beating the teams that we're supposed to kill, but in these teams that, you know, they're tough opponents we're losing to. And I don't know. It just, when I'm following the team every single week, calling every game, you know, making game notes each and every week about the team and the, our opponents and seeing what kind of a matchup we have and then seeing the team come out and sometimes just play super flat, it just bothers me because I feel like I'm, invent- I'm investing so much time into the team because I love it. I love calling these games for these guys, and I love the coaching staff. You know, they treat me so well. They treat David Meyer so well. They make us almost feel like we're part of the team, and so seeing them lose hurts us just as much as it hurts them. Um, you know, maybe they would disagree with that, but it, trust me, it does. It hurts us when they lose because we want to see St. Ambrose succeed, especially when we're calling the games. And so I feel like this game against St. Francis is a must-win situation. And it's going to be hard again. Um, the quarterback for St. Francis, kind of a Lamar Jackson type. He's going to be running a lot of the read option, speed option. Um, when I watched a little game film on them, they have a back to either side of the quarterback for the triple option look even. So this defense is going to have to be on their toes, and they're going to have to get in the backfield and blow up the option faster than the Fighting Saints can run it. And if they do that, I think the Bees have a good chance, but we're going to have to see the old Tom Casey against the teams like Trinity International and Judson. If we see him come back and we see the wide receiving core doing their thing like they did those two weeks, St. Ambrose could be a very good team. And I think that this 2-4 and four record, if we go back, we're beating Lawrence Tech. Um, I think we could potentially have beaten Waldorf with the team that we saw against International and Judson. It's just a matter of, it almost seems like it's a matter of the Bees kind of figure out, okay, do we? how much do we need this game? And I don't know. I feel like every week should be a must-win week, starting from week 1 to week 10, 11, whatever it is. Um, and there are just some games that I feel like the energy out of the players just feels like, hey, you know what, there's a next week game too. So this game isn't the big deal. These next games are the biggest deal of the season for St. Ambrose. So, again, they play St. Francis in Joliet on October 22nd, Saturday at 1 o'clock p.m. David Meyer and myself will be traveling with the team. We'll be on the call, and we hope to bring some good news, so don't forget to tune into that game. So now that I got that rant over, the final sport to talk about for tonight's episode 
is women's volleyball, and the women's volleyball team has a 16-7 and overall record with an 8-2 and conference record. Most recently, the Bees beat Olivet Nazarene by way of the sweep three games to none. The first game ended with a 32-30 score, St. Ambrose winning in dramatic fashion. So a great job there out of the Bees to take that game deep and figure out a way to get the win. Then in the second set, St. Ambrose beat Olivet by a normal score of 25-17, to and then they finished off the sweep 25-22. to In that, the Bees had 17 kills in the first set, 7 in the second, and 14 in the third. So a total... Excuse me. So a total of 38 total kills, which is just unbelievable. A great job by this woman's team who is staying hot and are making themselves some very serious contenders in the CCAC. Now, something a little bit interesting that it's the first time that this has ever happened. St. Ambrose Women's Volleyball is playing a game right now. They just started um, they are playing at St. Francis of Illinois, just where the men's football team will be going on Saturday. The game, it says it's still in the pregame ceremonies, but it was set to start at 7 o'clock p.m. So if you go to saubs.com and you follow the sports page to women's volleyball, you will be able to find the live stream on USF's website. Looks like they're doing the introductions right now. So, you know, I would highly recommend you go watch it because it's going to be a great game between the Bees and the Fighting Saints. But for now, that's all the time I've got. It's all the time for me. So, that, like I said, that's going to do it for this episode of Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1. I'm Ryan Schistel. Past episodes and episodes from here on out, once again, can be officially found on the KALA streaming services. My recommendation would be to look up Schistel Speak Sports on the KALA Spotify page. And for those who don't know, Schistel is spelled S-C-H-I-E-S-T-E-L, and then it's Speak Sports. Last week's episode and this week's episode will be up soon. Um, It was a busy week for me between classes and work. So finding a time to upload last week's episode was a bit difficult. I promise I'll get them up as soon as possible. Um, For those who are a bit curious, the logo will be a gray background with the St. Ambrose Fighting Bee, and then it will say Schistel Speak Sports in Navy lettering. Don't forget, Fighting Bee Football is live this weekend on KALA HD2 106.1, where David Meyer and myself will be on the call from Joliet, Illinois, where the St. Ambrose Fighting Bees face the Fighting Saints of St. Francis, Illinois. For now, have a great rest of your Thursday night. Have a great weekend. Hopefully, you all tune in to listen to the Fighting Bees football game. But for now, this is Schistel Speak Sports. I'm Ryan Schistel. Go Bees! Popping bottles in the-